Welcome back to Beyond the Tavern Wall, a D&D podcast where we, your tavern keepers, talk all things Dungeons and Dragons, whether it's from the beautiful nature outside and to those who dwell within, to anything else, because that's what we can do here on the Beyond the Tavern Wall podcast. I'm Braden Figgins, and I'm one of your hosts here, and I'm joined by the wonderful and awesome where to go in whoever's birthday is first to whoever's birthday is last to whoever's birthday is second to the first just kidding if your birthday is first introduce yourself go i don't know anybody's birthday first to what yeah are you talking like soonest or like january to december all right Haley, go ahead introduce yourself (laughs) hey i'm Haley. (laughs) kendall Hi, I'm Kendall, and I'm eating a corn dog. Sam. Hi, I'm Sam. Brayden hasn't let me out of his basement yet. And I will never do that. Hunter, don't go let me out, but introduce yourself. Oh, I wasn't going to anyway, but hi, I'm Hunter. All right, today we are talking about one of my, if not my favorite class of all times, carrying on the little class discussions we've been having going in alphabetical order and if you can read in alphabetical order in the player's handbook which sam does not have which will be a running gag on this podcast till the end of time or when he buys it or when he buys it which will never happen we are going to be talking about all things druids our nature loving tree hugging anamorphing son of a guns druids before we do we always want to thank those who are directly supporting the podcast through the Spotify support section or whatever it's called. Um, it means a ton to us that you guys um, support us in that way. And it, it, it and if you want to support us, the, go ahead and do it there, but it's not required at all uh, because the biggest support we can have is you guys just listening and sharing the, the podcast. Um, another announcement, Kendall, do you want to talk about your one shot that will be coming out soon? Yes, we are going to be having a Thanksgiving one shot and I am going to be DMing. It is loosely based off of historical events and I'm really excited about it. It's gonna be really fun. We are really excited. We've talked about our characters, our characters. We wrote really well for our characters. It's gonna be great. And it's. Is this your first time, like, actually DMing? Um, I DMed one session years ago, but okay. then that group never met again. And nice. Good luck. It's fun. So lower your expectations because. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't knock yourself yet. Okay. I know. It's I need to be stop great. doing that. It's going to be great. And you know it is. So without further ado. What are druids? Does anyone want to explain what a druid is real fast? Because that may not be as simple as a bard or a barbarian or a fighter. So what is a druid? When I think of druids, I think of like nymphs, like tree nymphs, which could be a little far off, but just they're so one with nature that they could actually be nature, if that makes sense. They they are the the 
nature themselves. The embodiment yeah. of nature. Yes. Okay. What else? How else would furries. you guys describe? Go ahead. Did, what did you say? I said furries. Boo! No. <laughs> it's stereotypes, okay? It's fair. No, it's, we haven't it, gotten to the stereotype session yet. And we're not going to be making fun of anyone, okay? You guys understand? But screw you, Hunter. It's a joke. <laughs> Druids are your animorphing, your wild shaping, transforming class. They can transform into any beast, any animals uh, within a limit. Uh, but it is honestly so fun. It's just so darn fun and it's awesome. <laughs> Uh, they're my favorite class. They're the first class I ever played. Um, and we can talk. Maybe Hick will probably bring up Alakai Ten, my very first character. But before we do that, stereotypes, our favorite part of the session uh, of the podcast episode thingy that we're doing right now. What are some stereotypes of druids? Now go hunter. Free huggers. I, is that what you're gonna say? Yeah, that's a stereotype. Yeah, tree Much huggers. Nature, nature loving tree huggers. Yeah. If you've seen the D&D movie, uh, Doric, the red-haired tiefling, was a, a druid. And literally, she was your stereotypical druid of someone who's like, you're destroying nature. How dare you? I feel like that's just such a, a big, like... Yeah, that's probably the biggest one is just nature loving freaks when it comes down to it and that's all they care they don't like the city they don't like anything it's just nature uh, what are some yeah. other stereotypes that may not be as well known when it comes to that I feel like they live in tree houses a lot yeah almost uh, another one as well just they're not they don't really live in a society they're kind of say, like hermits like a lot of the times you'll have your druid be like, at least for me and the ones I've seen, uh, they were loners, you know, just out on their own and they had to learn to survive. Um, they didn't have like, against that. What? I would argue against that. Please go in though. Please oh, no, go, go ahead. I actually am curious as to if you argue why you argue. I feel like that. it's more like a commune. Okay. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That's that. Because that could like, be there. Yeah, I definitely feel like I don't think I've ever I feel like a ranger would be a loner, but mm -hmm. but not a, a druid. A druids, they they commune with nature and with each other, you know? Nope, that makes you know, 100 percent. I'm on board with that. Whatever I just said, scratch that. Kendall is right. Um I don't know, stereotypes, I feel like just hitting off the nature one is probably the biggest one we have. And the biggest one there is, is they are just the nature-loving freaks, and that's all they're there for, is just to love nature and turn into animals, because that's it. I also think they're often the peacekeepers. Or the peacemakers, I would say. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Them and paladins are probably the big ones. Mm -hmm. so with that what I guess not with that because it's not really going on kind of going off of what what makes a druid unique 
What are some of the main features of druids that sets them apart from the other classes in Dungeons and Dragons? Wild shape. And why is their key feature so unique? <laughs> it's not every day you see someone turn into a bear. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I have a question, actually, about druids. Um... Are you born a druid, or is it something you can choose? Because, like, warlocks and wizards, you choose that. Are druids born? Or are they made? Dun-dun-dun. I think you can argue either or. Yeah. Okay. I think it just depends on how you want to play your character. That's true. Mm-hmm. So what is Wild Shape? It's like a square, but with more sides. Sam. <laughs> you, um, that is a wild sheep. You use your action to um, turn into the shape of a beast that you have seen before. Mm -hmm. And depending on what level you are, that determines on what you can transform into. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, you, correct me if I'm wrong, I've never played a druid, but you gain the hit points of that creature, right? Yes, so you right, gain... It's like, Go ahead, Haley. I was just going to say it's like a second health bar, but um, mm. when you wild shape, you keep all of your mental stats, but you assume the physical stats of the beast that you are transforming into. Okay, so if you are an eagle and you need to make a wisdom saving throw, you can still use your wisdom modifier and not the eagle's one. Yes. yes. Correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, got it. And mental stats being charisma, intelligence, and wisdom, physical being strength, dexterity, and constitution. Uh, so yeah, it's honestly insane because you basically have two, three extra like whole health pools, um, which can just keep you alive forever. I actually think another main like unique thing to um, the druid is their ability, like going along with wild shape, but their ability casts spells as well. Because if you are turned into a wild shape, if you are turned into a wolf, for example, you cannot cast spells. So the uniqueness of balancing whether or not to be in wild shape or to be in your other one so that you can use spells or whatever is something not a lot of the, obvious because of wild shape, but something not a lot of the other classes have in that juggle of abilities. Because um, I know, go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, I'm so glad you brought that up, Brayden, because another cool thing about Druids is at level 18, you get this thing called Beast Spells, where yep. you can cast spells while you're wild-shaped. And it's freaking dope, because imagine you're just a cougar, and you're over there like Fireball, and a freaking flame of fire comes out of your mouth and explodes. What's not exactly. cool about that, guys? Why can we just discuss why druids are the best class? Just period, because that's obviously you're wrong. Missing. Ah, you're right. Um, I'm sensing a bias here. Oh, there's a hundred. I love druids. Um, I think it's just I I love the druids because of the complexity that comes with their character, their the the character of balancing out, especially specifically when it comes to combat. 
Um, and I guess some role play scenarios. Um, but in combat, you have to know whether or not you can turn into a beast or if you should, in this combat in particular, stay a uh, your character so that you can cast spells. Because a lot of times the druids are taken in place of a healer. So like your cleric or paladin. Druid can somewhat less efficiently fill that spot. So you have to balance that out really, really well in order to have a good, to play the druid well. I have a quick question. I just want to make sure I understand some of the mechanics of Wild Shape correctly. Um, when you cast a concentration spell before you transform, you're still able to maintain that concentration while you, you're in Wild Shape form, right? I believe so, yes. Let me look up the rules real fast. Okay. Just um, curious. I, fi I figure I should probably know these things before, spoiler alert, I do play a druid in the one-shot. Um, Druid Circle Wild Shape. And when you transform... Transforming doesn't break your concentration on spell you've already cast. However... Oh, sorry. Transforming doesn't break your concentration on spell you've already cast, however, or prevent you from taking actions that are part of, the, of, a, of a spell, such as call, call lightning. So you are nice. able to use... Um, like if you cast a concentration spell, like call lightning, which allows you to, um, call lightning, uh, you're able to use that spell even while in your wild shape. And I, you can flavor and see it as logically as since you still have the mental abilities of your character, you still would know how to concentrate on said spell. Just making sure. Nope. You're like, oh, I'm so ready. <laughs> um, what are some other not. unique features to the druid that makes them unique? Um, another level 18 feature that they have is the timeless body feature. Um, basically what happens is once they've reached that level, they become so like in tune with nature and part of it that their body starts to slow at one tenth the pace of a normal as that character's race would normally go, so. Oh, wow. You basically can live forever. You live a long time. Oh, How often does that affect gameplay, though? Um, it, I would say that that doesn't affect gameplay probably in your immediate game. Let's say um, you were a druid in this campaign, and then in next session, next campaign or the next one, like, it could affect, if you ever run into that character, it could affect, like, how that person looks, what they've experienced because of that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, I think as well, the 20th... So we talked about Bard, how their 20th level ability was terrible. This is one of the ones that is actually really good. The ability to <laughs> wild shape an unlimited number of times, meaning you basically have an unlimited number of hit points. Not really That's unlimited, not even, but you have a very large pool of hit points. You're not even acknowledging the other half of what happens during that. You the can cast 20th spells. level. Well, you it? ignore your verbal and somatic components to all your spells. And any material components that lack a cost. You just ignore it. 
So you can literally just cast any spell in wild shape permanently. Yeah. Like pretty much. I I love that. Will your campaign get to 20th level? If you play for a long time or if you do a high level campaign, maybe, but likelihood of that. I always feel like higher level abilities when it comes to classes uh, really don't take place until after the campaign. If you're playing in the same world and your characters meet, like that's when they really come into play. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll just jump right into um, just moving on. Like how to build a druid. What are some of their main, what, what are their main ability scores? What are some spells that go well with them? Um, how would you guys build a druid? Wisdom. Wisdom. Just like clerics. Wisdom. Wisdom is their main spellcasting modifier. So usually, again, this is like what you typically would do. And in my opinion, what you should do just is so that you can have a little bit more so that you can have fun because if you don't do a wise cleric, a wise that you can't really cast your spells. Anyway, um, wisdom is your, should be your highest ability score followed by either constitu- constitution or dexterity. And then whatever you want after that. Um, I personally would probably go dexterity second. So then you can be faster in the initiative order in order to get your wild shape out faster, because like we've said before, it's a whole nother hip uh, health pool. Um, so you don't need a ton of constitution because you're going to be wild shaped a lot of the time, depending on your uh, subclass. So for example, with Alakai, my very first character, um, I was a lot of times a tiger and that had like a 50, 50 HP. My guy had 40 HP. So Overall, I had 90, well, I guess I could wild shape twice. I had 140 HP pool between my multiple wild shapes and my normal guy's health. We should say as well, we should say as well, if you are in your wild shape, let's say, for example, the tiger and they have like 50-ish HP, I believe. If you were to lose all 50 HP, you go back to your normal self. And if there's any extra damage from that, your normal self would take that extra damage. And then you just wild shape again and it doesn't matter because you have full HP as a tiger. So it's great. Uh, so what wisdom to normal is my... self. How dare you assume? What if my normal self is the tiger? You're right. It's just like how Batman, his mask is when he's Bruce Wayne, not when he's Batman. Sorry. No. It's interesting that I've, I've heard of this one character concept. Um, that prioritized wisdom as their first step and then strength as their second. The reason why they did this is because they played a character that had like such a respect for nature. I believe I've told you about this, Brayden. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But that what they would do is they would only wild shape into beasts that they were able to be in hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> I love that. That's actually <laughs> super cool because it's that ability that people have to... The, the freedom they have to do whatever they want with their character. Because that's such a unique way to do it that I, I would have never thought of. I honestly, I think it's, I think that's awesome. That's not how I'm playing my druid, but if I were to do a druid in a future campaign, maybe. <clears throat> um, what are some uh, spells? Like, what are some of your favorite spells for those who have played a druid? Or what are some spells that are usually what you should pick as 
not usually because again you can do whatever you want but are some common spells you see among druids good berry love good berry good one what does that do i shall tell you up to 10 berries appear in your hand are in and are infused with magic for the duration. A creature can use its action to eat one berry. Eating a berry restores one hit point. And it counts as a ration as well. Good berry's <laughs> insane. Because let's say you don't have a lot of... Because they last 24 hours. Let's say you didn't You do a lot of combat one day. And you know the next day's probably going to be full of combat. Or if you need to heal a lot more. You can just use all of your spell slots to make good berries the night before. And then you have 40 plus, 50 plus HP pool just right there of healing, right? Like that you can just give to people, which is insane. And then also they don't, don't need like to... like the taste of berries? Well, then you just... Buttercup. That's just a role-playing preference and that's okay. Um, and then you don't ever have to worry about gathering food and that stuff if your DM is super anal about that. Um, because Goodberry is a whole day's ration, like it was said. Goodberry is an ins insanely good spell. Druidcraft is another spell. Unique to the druids themselves, yes. It is. I mean, it doesn't have like a ton of utilization. I just think it's a cool one. Druidcraft allows you to like craft flowers out of midair and stuff like that. It's kind of just more of a thematic spell. When it comes to like, it's it's a druid specific cantrip. Um, I really like call lightning because if you really want to lean into the nature side of it, what's more um, scary in nature than lightning and thunder itself and being able to control the storm? Uh, and it's so it's so fun to use. I love it. Another one that I have listed is uh, moonbeam. If my computer will load, there we go. So. Like Call Lightning, you can activate it at, like, the beginning of your turn. And it's just a five-foot radius of a silvery beam of moonlight. And if a creature enters the spell area for the first time or starts its turn there, it has to make a constitution saving throw. And if it fails, it takes 2d10 radiant damage for... Half as much on a successful save. Moonbeam is fun. I like That's Moonbeam. Cool. And also, if it's a shape changer that you are targeting with it, they have disadvantage. And if it fails, it reverts to its original form and cannot assume a different form until it leaves the light. Ooh, I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. So if you use it on another druid... Or a like lycanthrope of some time, some kind. Sorry, uh, that kind of dope though. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also, as an action, move it up to sixty feet in any direction. Yeah, you can. Um, I I think a overrated one, and I believe it's only for druids. Is it might be for one other class as well. I'm not hundred percent sure, but shillelagh. Or however you call it, S H I L L E I G H, or something like that. Shillelagh, Shillelagh. Um, I don't like that because one, it can only be applied to like clubs and staffs, 
and only it gives you like a 1d it gives you just extra damage but honestly you just using a clubber staff is lame in my opinion it's a bonus action i just find it as a as a lame spell because honestly it's decent being able to do extra weapon damage is always good i just find it lame because using a clubber staff yeah. just seems kind of lame alakai had a scimitar because it was dope and then he also used flame blade which honestly is just way better I looked it up and it is only for druid. Yeah. How much? What's the damage on it? It the weapon's damage die becomes a d8. Yeah, it's only the weapon's damage die. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And honestly, unless you build like oh um, you can use your spellcasting ability instead of strength for the attack okay. and damage rolls. Okay, which that's a little makes better. Makes it a little better. Okay. But honestly, use use a different cantrip. Yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. That doesn't sound that good. Yeah. I usually feel like druids are not frontline combatants. They are they're probably more midline. Kind of in between the, the the ranged and the melee. Unless they're wild shaped, that makes it a little different. But if they're not, they're kind of midline healing, doing a little bit of support. Um at least how I played mine was like that. I had, or I'd pull out Flame Blade again if I I had a Flame Blade which did three d six fire damage, which made it magical. So therefore, I can actually do damage to people uh, who were resistant to non magical attacks, and it just it just was better overall. Because because Flame Blades it's a level two spell, but it's a bonus action as well. Mm-hmm. What other spells could you take? Um, I think the essential uh, druid spell is speak with animals. Yes. Okay, we yes. forgot because that one. Yep. Make your DM act like a squirrel. Make your DM act like a bird. Make your DM <laughs> act like a bear. Like, it's there's so much joy in it. <laughs> Don't take I, it for practical purposes. Take it so that no. your DM can be a goofball. No, and it is practical because animals are everywhere. They know so stuff. You, they do. They know stuff. They and also just exploring like what a certain animal's personality or consciousness would be like is a lot of fun. Like would a bear totally give you up all this information or would it want to be bribed or Something like that. It's just a lot of fun and something that, um, I don't know. It's it's a great opportunity for comedy, but also for just world immersiveness as well. And saying that, me and Kendall have talked to every single animal we've come across in Baldur's Gate three. Every single one. It's the so eagles fun. are by far our favorite. It's yeah, so the eagles fun. are great. Uh, and there's a lot of practicality behind the spell as well, because if you need to get information at some place that doesn't have people around, like you said, the animals know crap. They've seen crap. So mm-hmm. they're going to be aware of what's going or going on and can point you in the right direction. With that, what about speak with plants? Yes. Henry Crabgrass. Yes, from Critical Role. <laughs> but um, yeah. just as good as, imagine making your DM talk like, act like a tree. 
That's pretty funny too. It is. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you can, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. Um, that sounded like you were starting to cry. I speak with plants is the greatest thing that's ever happened to D&D <laughs> and I love it. And I'm so sad none of you guys have taken it. Not true. I will gladly use it whenever I can if you just give it to me for no reason. And maybe if you find a magic item. Ooh. Oh. Maybe if you level up. But with how you've been asking <sighs> me so many times, happen. it's never going to happen. So, you know, to be honest, you bring it up more than I do now. It's because it's for the memes. Uh, <laughs> moving on from uh, favorite spells and stuff, subclasses. Druids yes. have a lot of different subclasses. And a lot of them do different, th like, they make your, oh, what am I trying to say? You will play your druid di completely different if you choose specific subclasses. Not a single subclass. I feel like a lot of the classes, yes, they add a unique twist to the bard or the, whatever it is, or the rogue, but usually it's the same thing in general. But druids have a lot of versatility in their subclasses to be a tank, a um, support, or whatever it may be. What are some of our favorite subclasses? Can I go first? Yeah. What is your favorite druid circle? Okay. My favorite one is um, Circle of Spores, just for aesthetic reasons. Fair enough. Um, that makes sense. They're, they're super cool. They're not really big on um, wild shape, but they have this thing that they can, um, as an action, expend their use of wild shape, and it like awakens spores inside them, and they gain temporary hit points. It's, I think it's like four for every level you have in that class. And then your melee weapons do extra damage. And then also a thing called Halo of Spores um, does double damage, I believe. Oh. Which is super cool. It's just giant mushrooms, which I really like. It's dope. But personally... I think the best one is Circle of the Moon. And I'm sure a lot of you are going to agree with that. Yes. We can talk about that later, but Circle of the Moon is absolutely dope, okay? <laughs> it's so good. But For we'll sure go the off... best one, but not my favorite one. No, understandable. Go off favorites real fast. I know that Sam's got one. I do have one. Okay, I, I guess I'll just go then. I thought Brayden was going to say, okay, let's hear it. Okay. <clears throat> My favorite circle for druids is Wither Bloom. And the big reason why is it reminds me of Miracle Max from The Princess Bride. I was reading Ooh. through this. I, I didn't know much about druids before today, so I'm reading through it, and it gives you abilities to make, like, little elixirs and potions. You have a lot of healing that uh spells that you unlock and some some other fun stuff too but 
it just feels all very miracle max to me it's like oh here just eat this like chocolate juice i made for you and you're gonna not feel things or you're gonna be alive a little longer and i it's just fun to me if you want to be like a old man in the woods that just makes potions all day and lives in in, in the nature this is a good one to do it doesn't really have a lot reading it, it doesn't have a lot for the wild shape potential but wild shape is overrated anyway is Witherbloom a uh, Unearthed Arcana? Yes. I'm guessing that's what the UA means. Yes. So it's an unofficial subclass. Well, it was there. Oh, you're fine. I'm just. So I'm gonna use it. No, you're fine. I just uh, was looking it up. Um. I just was so. I was like, "What the heck is this?" So yeah, it's a. I think they might have morphed this a little bit into um. Circle of spores, too, from what it looks like. Yeah, but mushrooms are also gross and overrated. You're right. No, 100%. (laughs) Mushrooms are cool, except for their undersides. Those are weird. Dude, Um, mushrooms just gross all around. (laughs) No. I was going to be a mushroom for Halloween. (laughs) What? You were gross for Halloween. I'm sorry, but it's true. It doesn't change our friendship in my eyes. I hope it doesn't change it in yours, but mushrooms are gross. Mm. Yikes, doesn't sound too good for you, Sam. You want to know something funny? I'm actually allergic to mushrooms. Wow. I just think they're cool. <laughs> it's a double whammy. Um, Hunter, what's your favorite? It's basic, but yeah, my favorite is Circle of the Moon. Yeah. It's not a wrong choice. It's a very good um, circle. It's it's very far from mushrooms, so it's a great choice. It is, but I mean, like, it's it's kind of basic. I mean, I don't know a ton about druids. Druids is probably, like, one of the three or four classes I know the least about. Especially with their subclasses. Circle of the Moon is like your typical druid because it allows you, it has a heavy focus on the wild shape. Where normally wild shape is an action to use, uh, in your in your arsenal of actions, it becomes when you take the um, circle of the moon subclass, it becomes a bonus action, which then and there is insane, because you're mm-hmm. automatically allowed to attack on your turn. But since you get your subclass at level two as a druid, well, most classes you get them at level three. With circle of the moon you become the strongest player just in the game right then because you can transform into a panther. I don't know if you can do a tiger right away, but you can transfer to any beast with a a combat rating of one, which makes you incredibly strong. Other classes can only do like one-fourth, like a fourth Mm -hmm. of combat rating or whatever it is. But the ability you have to just immediately go into a combat rating of one character uh, animal is insane. And there's, there's two additional things with it. Um, when you get to level six as a druid, uh, when you do wild shape, any attacks that you make in that form count as magical attacks. So for a lot of those creatures that do have resistance to certain attacks that are not magical, that overcomes that. And then additionally... I did not know this one about Circle of the Moon until I looked at it, but um, 
they have elemental wild shape. You can expend two uses of your wild shape to transform into um, one of the four elementals, either an air elemental, earth elemental, fire elemental, or water elemental, which is pretty dope. Cool. And it takes your party up, like, two notches. Because those are strong. Yup. They're beefy boys. Yeah. Yeah, it's Circle of the Moon, definitely, when it comes to your typical druid, is what you think of when you want to utilize, like, wild shape. Um, Circle Spores, I feel like, is a good support damage, like, dealer as well. Um, because it doesn't focus on wild shape. Another really good one, as I was doing my research and looking into it, was Circle of Stars. Circle of Stars allows you to use your wild shape to actually do a lot of damage outside of just transforming an animal, because you can use it to, like, do a certain constellation, and that constellation, depending on which one you choose, have a lot has a lot of ability, like, to add things to your character's combat potential. Um, Kendall, we've skipped over you. I apologize. What's your favorite? That's okay. Um, so I was going to say Circle of the Land because I personally really like nature and I love how, like, I love different ecosystems and biomes and all that stuff. I think they're really cool and I love how there's, like, a different feel to each one. And I think it's, I think it's fun to depict that through a person, like, how do you depict a mountain through a person or how do you depict a swamp through a person, something like that. But I was going to pick that because you have circle spells that you base off of a certain land. So Arctic coast, desert, forest, grassland, mountain, swamp, underdark, all those cool things. But I was reading further and I found easily my favorite subclass which is um, Circle of the Shepherd. Ooh. Um, because, as Sam knows this, I love the babies, which is what I call animals. Animals are babies to me. You love the baby? I love the babies. Let's go. <laughs> um, so with this, it's, I think you can still have Wild Shape. I'm not sure. Yep, you, you but, can. You can, okay, but then you also get the help from other animals as well. So you get a free language and constant speak with animals, so you don't even have to talk or cast it. You just automatically always have speak with animals. Um, which would be really fun for, for me, at least. Um, and you have a spirit totem, which I'm not, I'm not really sure what that does, but you could... Uh, have the bear spirit, the hawk spirit, the unicorn spirit. Um, and yeah, basically you just summon other animals to help you in combat. And I think that's really cool. Circle of Shepherd, I, I feel like, is another really good one when it comes to role-playing wise and fits in with like what you think of Druid is as well, like the protector of nature, protector of animals, like the shepherd of it all. I, it's a very, very, I think it's one of the more interesting ones and unique one when it comes to the subclasses. Um, like I said, and it just, with all the subclasses that, um, 
uh, druids have and the versatility in them, it just adds another very unique flavor to your druids. Yeah, I have something else really quick. So I just looked it up because um, I wanted to understand it better. But basically, it's the ability that you call forth nature spirits, uh, spirit totem. And you can choose from the bear spirit, which grants you and your allies um, its might and endurance. Um, and each creature of your choice in the aura, aura, sorry, when the spirit appears, gains temporary hit points equal to five plus your druid level. So that's cool. Um, then the hawk spirit is um, aids you and your allies with its keen sight. So that would give you advantage on attack rolls. And the unicorn spirit gives you protection. So you gain advantage on all ability checks. And it's, yeah, I just think that's so cool. So, all right. So support heavy. I like it. It yeah. is. It is very support heavy. And then also you just get to have animals with you all the time. And that's amazing. Wow. Yeah, I love the concept of it. That sounds actually like a lot of fun. So we've talked about our favorite subclasses now. Oh, sorry. You're good. What, I guess, who are some druids in pop culture? Characters from TV shows and actors. Who are some druids? You can cut I this, think... but all of the just stop oil protesters. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, sure. Anyways, um, I was going to say, um, I think the most well-recognized druid of our time is Beast Boy from I hate Teen you. Titans. I hate you. You stole mine. <laughs> I hate you. I'm so sorry. I can say one of my other ones and you can say that one. No, it's okay. okay. No, but it's in there. If you said it, we, we would all hear that he copied you. I'm just shit. Anyways, oh, no. I also put Snow White and Poison Ivy, just in case. Yeah, Snow Ooh, White. Good. Yeah. yeah, Snow White is definitely one. I've got a real one, but it's a bit of a stretch. I'll say it in a moment. Say it now. Say it now. No. Now. 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 was saying something and I interrupted. No, you didn't interrupt me at all. Okay. Fiona, but specifically from the first Shrek movie. When she sings okay. to the bird, she clearly has speak with animals, but she eats them. She's a traitor. Sure, it works. You know, I I can see it. I'm feeling like most Disney. Prin I know Fiona's not Disney, but most Disney princesses are druids because they all have an animal sidekick. Um, could it that you couldn't you also argue that argue that for Ranger? True. Beastmaster Ranger. Um, the entire planet of Pandora from Avatar. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. That's just a mix of rangers and druids. Yeah, those are rangers and druids living happily together. Um, and then mm -hmm. also speaking of Avatar Blue People, also Avatar the Last Airbender, because he would be a Circle of Moon druid because of his elemental abilities. The Avatar. Yeah, Ink, or just the Avatar in general. Mm. 
But he doesn't transform into them, though. Yes, he does. To the extent See, of becoming an arrow elemental? Because you're literally talking about Way of the Four Elements Monk. No, listen. The season finale of season one. What does Aang transform into? Oh, that's actually a decent argument. Did he transform or did the spirit embody him in a way? Isn't that what happens? Because you, you argue that that's what wild shape is. Yeah. Well, you could see Aang through it, couldn't you? Or am I misremembering that? You, you could. You, you could. You could. It, it was more like a mecha situation going on. It's it's a druid flavored monk, I would argue. My favorite cereal. <laughs> sure. I hate um, it, but I can't argue with it. Yeah. <laughs> Because obviously that is a, he is a monk. Like, obviously he is a monk subclass way of the four elements because he masters all four elements. But I hate that you put it in such a way where you can't really argue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He could be, he could multi-class. Um, I would argue that Bayorn from The Hobbit is a druid. That's the brown oh, wizard, easily. right? No, that's the uh, druid sh shapeshifter dude, right? Yeah. yeah. Literally, literally the druid. Yeah. And then um, Radagast. This, Radagast. No, yeah, I was, I was going to say, it oh, might be a yeah. bit of a stretch, but talking about the circle of spores, that kind of got me thinking about that. You could almost do circle of shepherds. Probably, yeah. With that as well, with you. him as well. But Radagast the brown is 100% a druid. Bayorn is. <laughs> um, Maui. From Moana. Maui. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about that, but yeah. Big time druid. So is um, the is the ability no, you're good. Is the ability to transform the only thing that makes someone a druid? No, because I mean we, we just said Radagast and he doesn't transform. No, no, yeah, so what so all. I'm saying is because Maui is much more of a barbarian than he is druid. But just I mean, because he can transform, does that make him a druid? I think it helps. Because then if we go back to that, every character in the Animorph series is a druid. And the What's Power Animorphs? Rangers, too. And the Power Rangers? You never knew what Animorphs is? I don't know what Animorphs is. Bro. And Power Rangers, those are giant robots. Bro, there was a whole animal series. There was a whole animal series where they invoked the power of an animal. And if we go anyway. based off of Avatar, The Last Airbender, and if you can just evoke <laughs> the spirit of that, it makes sense that the Power Rangers, because they're just invoking the spirit of those animals, that they're druids, okay? Just By the same thought. logic, that makes Iron Man a druid. Exactly, because he's invoking the power of metal, okay? No, it doesn't, because he's not invoking the power of an animal. He's invoking the power of science. Which capitalism. Makes him of capitalism. Yes. <laughs> Dude, the power uh, of capitalism is strong. Here's, um, here's, a, here's an interesting one. Is Ben 10 a druid? Oh. Ooh, yeah, he would be. But all of his transformations come from what would be a magic item. So it's not really a class feature, is it? Or is that just his focus? But you I don't have, you have to transform getting... off a of focus? Oh, yeah, you have a magic focus, and that's what you use to cast do all spells. your things. So. That's how you cast spells, but is that how you transform? It should be, yeah. Not through your, because uh, that's an innate class feature, not a spell oh. casting. It's oh, spell. so 
maybe maybe that could be in our poll at the bottom of the episode is ben 10 a druid <laughs> i think we're forgetting about the nature part of druid yes because we're looking at oh they can transform their druid but we haven't taken into account do they have that connection with nature which is mm -hmm. ultimately the main thing of a druid yeah um when I think of Druid, I actually think of the character Layla from Sky High. Have you guys seen Sky High? Oh, oh my wow, gosh, that's so a throwback. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. She's the one that can control plants, right? No, yeah. it's the guinea pig. No, wait, isn't it the guinea pig chick? No. Am I thinking of someone no. else? Oh, you're wow. thinking of someone else. How I forget her Benz name, but also seen her. That movie. Holy crap. Yeah, she can control plants, which I think is dope. Um, and then also Merlin from our theory and legend, he turns into animals a lot, but anyway. That's not, that's a wizard. He's no, totally a wizard 100% with a wizard. That okay, is, fine, whatever. I will, I will not agree with you on Merlin or Aang at all. Like, I can't. Okay, fine, fine. Like, I get it, I get it how it could be like that, but no. <laughs> okay fine sorry you made, valid you made a, you, everyone no you made a valid argument for ang i'll give you that one i cannot agree with it because i hate it so much okay okay okay, okay um because okay. i so actually we talk really like what you said Haley, about how it's the connection to nature is the key element of what makes a druid a druid mm -hmm. it's not just Oh, whoopity scoop, I can change into poop. I don't know. Um, what the I, okay. <laughs> I just wanted to rhyme my guy. I apologize. Um, I like that. I need that on the t-shirt now, too. <laughs> New merch coming out. Whoopity scoop, I can change into poop. Um, gosh darn it. Um, the, it's going to be on t-shirts and socks. The most important part of the druid is the nature aspect of it. And through the power of nature is what gives them the power to morph into different animals. What were you going to say, Haley, before I interrupted you? I was going to say we talked about a lot of characters that would be druids. I can't think of a single real life person that would be a druid. Uh, Steve Irwin. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Jane Goodall. I, um, I see them as rangers, Beastmaster Rangers. Gwyneth Paltrow. What? There you Why? go. <laughs> Why? Dude, she's all about no, nature and natural I'm science not, and remedies. I'm not to, no. <laughs> I would argue Steve Irwin is the closest that we'll get to an actual person that could be a druid. Okay, yeah. I'll Who, give you Steve Irwin. Who's the Florida Ever Everglade guy that goes around and is hunting for the uh, 20 foot python? The yoink Oh my dude? gosh. That dude is not human. Soul. Look at this river puppy. Know. Yoink. What about what about Coyote Peterson? He's a YouTuber. I've never heard of that. Is you've never heard of that? No, I'm not. He gets bit by a bunch of bugs for no reason. Yeah, yeah he's on. Oh, he's okay, on a quest. Okay. Oh my gosh! He's on a quest to see what has the most painful sting in nature. It's a yep. miracle he's not dead. Yeah, it really is. I don't know if I would call that um, druidic Dru or yeah. sadistic. Yep. Yeah, he's a warlock. Would go hand in hand, though. He's oh, a warlock. Right. That's evil <laughs> Part of the deal. Uh, I, I would say that Robert Irwin is really filling, following his father's footsteps yeah. too. 
Yeah. Have you guys seen? He's so wholesome. I will bring him up whenever I can. Why? Because you think he's hot? No, because I think he's wholesome. He's like 12. Robert yeah, Irwin? I... Yeah. He's not 12 he's like anymore. 12. He is he's... in his 20s. Okay, well, he's yeah, like. He's full blown adult, isn't he? He's 19. He's like 10 years younger than 19? I am. So he's okay, a baby. He's close to his 20s. That's a child. That is a child. Why would you suggest that? Child with a dream. Leave him alone. He's a druid. Okay. okay. He's a druid. He's a, the Irwins are the closest things we can get from real people to be uh, druids, okay? The Crap Brothers. Yeah. And the Crap Brothers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. Zabumafu was goaded. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> wild Kratz is the actual wild shaping. You're welcome. You're oh. <laughs> okay. We're done. We're done with this episode. It's just gonna get we're worse and worse now. as we go. <laughs> Druids, everyone. Uh, I know Kendall. You, Overrated. Did you say the spell? <laughs> you boo! Don't ever say that again. That the spell you had in mind. Yeah, I did. Okay, just want to make sure. I just saw that. Um, Druids. In my opinion, one of the most complex classes, and I hope this episode helped you a little understand them a little bit more. And if it didn't, right there with you, bud. Thank you so much for coming out to the episode. We appreciate you guys a ton. Uh, make sure to rate five stars. And since we're on Apple Podcast now, you can actually write a review about the podcast. So go rate us five stars on that and write a review. It helps us get yeah, into. We want to know what you guys think. Exactly. We want to know what you guys think. We are. We do read this stuff. Like we read a lot of the things that are said because we want to make sure we are growing as a podcast and uh, growing in our abilities to to lead the podcast. Um, so make sure to go check us out on Apple Podcasts as well. Um, if you don't follow us on social media, social media, why aren't you? Instagram at Beyond the Tavern Wall and TikTok at Beyond the Tavern Wall. And if you have any suggestions for episodes, questions about an episode, or any comments about anything we have done, make sure to give us an email at beyondthetavernwall at gmail.com. Make sure you follow us on Spotify. I forgot to say that as well. And I think... This week, I, I feel like we can collectively agree on this one since we just released on Apple Podcast two weeks ago. Share it with someone who only uses Apple Podcast because then we can grow on that platform too. You guys, you guys down for that one, that side quest? Yes. Yeah, yes. I can do it because I don't know anyone that uses Apple Podcast. I'm already done. Side quest, everyone. Share the podcast. Because that is how we're going to grow is through word of mouth and you guys going out and sharing it with your friends and family. Your side quest for the week. Share it with someone who is on Apple Podcast. If there's nothing else, everyone, say your goodbyes. Bye, Bye everyone. Ben Bye. 10 is not a druid. I'll fight Bye. You. Go pet your dog or play with your cat. <laughs>